Hello, and welcome to another edition of Ask the Professor, a crowd-supported, crowd-driven feature where we answer your questions on everything from constitutional law to economics, history, and culture. And today's question comes from AJ, and he says, particularly um, in context of Doug Ford threatening to invoke the notwithstanding clause in order to shrink Toronto City Council, he was puzzled to hear so many people suggesting that the notwithstanding clause was unconstitutional, given that it's part of the Constitution. And he adds, was it not an attempt to balance the new power of the judiciary against the traditional supremacy of Parliament in our constitutional order? And on the second point, yes, that is absolutely why it was included. On the first point, it is very bizarre to hear people denouncing the Constitution as unconstitutional, though in our world of legal positivism, I suppose we ought to expect such things. I remember Paul Martin at one point denouncing the notwithstanding clause saying he wouldn't cherry pick things in the Charter of Rights, when of course the notwithstanding clause is in the Charter of Rights and he just picked it out and thrown it away like a moldy cherry. But I think it is fair to say that the notwithstanding clause was an insufficient response to a perceived problem. It's the kind of thing you get when instead of working from first principles, you think everything ought to be a negotiated deal. There were premiers worried about preserving parliamentary supremacy, and there were premiers and a prime minister determined to give us a we-the-people constitution. And they bungled it. I go over this in some detail in my documentary, True, Strong, and Free, which was uh, sponsored by the uh, Justice Center for Constitutional Freedom, and I strongly urge you to look at the documentary and also become a backer of the JCCF. Because what Pierre Trudeau gave us was a constitution that abolished the parliamentary supremacy that had evolved in Britain, but did not get us to we the people. Or I should say back to we the people. You may think that's an American innovation, that the American founding fathers broke decisively with Britain, especially in 1789, but it's not true. If you look at British constitutional history, and that's covered in True, Strong and Free, and also in Magna Carta, our shared legacy of liberty, Magna Carta stood above statute law. It was repeatedly enacted in Britain, well, affirmed is a better way of putting it, that any statute law that conflicted with Magna Carta, even if duly passed, you know, voted by Parliament, sealed by the king or queen, if it conflicted with Magna Carta, it was null and void. And Magna Carta came from the people. It was not an act of parliament. However that may be, uh, in this, a combination of shallowness and backroom maneuvering, Canadians were given a constitution they couldn't do anything with. We can't amend it because it didn't come from the people. Parliament can't amend it because, contrary to what a lot of people believe, our constitution is not an act of parliament, not of the Canadian parliament, nor the British Parliament. If it were, one or the other could amend it, and they can't. Uh, and so the notwithstanding clause was an attempt to preserve the ability of Parliament, but in the strangest way, because it let Parliaments trample certain fundamental rights, but not the more exotic boutique ones. And then the whole thing was undone by Section 1, which says that any infringement of our rights is okay if a court thinks it can be justified in a free and democratic society, and there are really no rules of procedure for deciding when that can happen. This is a complete dog's breakfast and we need to start over, as my documentary suggests. But yeah, as far as it goes, AJ's quite right. The notwithstanding clause does give Parliament some power to override judges, though, frankly, in my view, not nearly enough. And it was included precisely because our system had evolved 
by the 19th century into one where Parliament was supreme. It was, was famously said, Parliament can do anything except turn a man into a woman. And by the late 19th century in Britain, no act of Parliament, however appallingly stupid or vicious, could be unconstitutional, even though there was no way that the populace would stand for it. And so Trudeau was getting rid of parliamentary supremacy and replacing it with he knew not what. He thought he was a believer in individual rights, but he gave us collectivism. Very, very suspicious, one might say. Uh, but the notwithstanding clause, as far as it goes, is perfectly constitutional. It's just not very powerful. And it was put there to try and ensure that legislators, the one branch of government we do elect, retain some say over fundamental law. But it didn't go nearly far enough. As Gary Kasparov once said, there's no good move in a lost position. We really do need to replace our constitution with one that upholds individual liberty and derives from popular sovereignty. Again, watch the documentary for as much more on that as you can stand, and then some. If you're enjoying Ask the Professor, we do depend on your questions and comments. Here's the URL to submit them. And it is also crowdfunded, so if you're not, you're not already a backer of my work, click here and make a one-time or monthly pledge to sustain this feature and all the other things that I do, including those fascinating constitutional documentaries. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.